Good, good morning, church. Hi, everyone. My name is Ray. Uh, I'm looking forward to my holiday in August, actually. So, um, welcome, welcome to church. Uh, it's my pleasure to read the Bible to to us this morning. Uh, here at CPE Church, we believe that the the Bible is the Word of God. Um, so, if you if you don't have a Bible, we we do have some complimentary copies uh, at the back of the church. Or if you received a, a welcome pack this morning, you'll be able to find the, the book of Luke uh, in, in, the, in the pack. Uh, and you'll find that bookmarked on uh, Luke chapter 24, which is where our, our reading will be uh, this morning. And we heard some of the story also from, from, uh, from Ben this morning. Um, so yeah, we're going to read from Luke chapter 24. Uh, and um, yeah, we're going to start from verse 1. Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. When they remembered his words, then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven to all, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene. Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because these words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so fantastic that we can come together on this Easter Sunday. Uh, my name's Iggy. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here at CPE Church. And it's uh, wonderful to see everyone here today, especially if it's your first time with us. A very warm welcome to you. It's so great that you can come join us as we hear about the most important message in the world, what we think really matters in this world, and that's the hope of Jesus Christ. So that's what we hear about today. But before we get into that Bible passage, that really important passage, uh, I want to start with a little story, all right? So it's, um, let's see if this works, the clicker. Give me one sec. Sorry for the technical difficulties. There we go. Picture this, March 23, uh, March 23rd, 2022, in the Ukrainian port city of Mykolaiv. Uh, Russian forces are advancing after shelling the city for weeks. A psychiatric hospital has just been destroyed. 500 metres away stands a maternity hospital, and it is here that 37-year-old petrol station worker Tamara Krubchek has just given birth to her baby daughter, Katya. And it's a moment of hope in the chaos of war. Tamara says this from her hospital bed, I'm so happy. No matter what happens now, I'm the happiest person. My daughter is healthy. God willing, there will be peace. I think the war will end and we will live as it was before. Our life will be calm again, she says. I hope 
Our children won't see all these crazy things and everything will be good. Now, baby Katya, I don't know if you know this story, has inspired not just her mum, but not, not just everyone in the hospital, but also countless people around the world to look to the future, to be reminded that there is something more. Uh, this little baby actually is a reminder that there's a possibility of something better for the Ukrainian people, that there is hope. And this is so important, because without hope, what do we have? Without hope, you think for the Ukrainian people, what's the point? Why are they fighting? Why are they persevering? Why are they enduring? What's the point of living? We need hope to live. We need hope to live. And when I'm talking about hope, what I'm talking about is this. I'm talking about the possibility of a better future. The possibility of a better future. And it's not just the people of Ukraine that needs this, right? We all need this. I think especially now, more than ever, we need hope. As we enter our third year of COVID and people all over the world are still suffering, either with the physical illness or with the effects of uh, the mental health effects of isolation and all the things associated with that, we need hope. As floods sweep our nation, as people's homes and possessions are swept away and destroyed in an instant, we need hope. As we struggle personally with addiction, with sickness, with broken relationships, we need hope. And maybe that's you here with us today. We need that light at the end of the tunnel. We need the possibility of a better future. We need hope. And, you know, let me ask you a quick question here. Uh, Hands up if you think the world is fine exactly the way it is right now. Hands up. Not, not many takers there. And I think you'd be right there because this world is broken. This world is full of pain. Maybe you haven't experienced it yet, but trust me, you will. You will. And the only thing that can keep us going in a world like this is actually hope, the possibility of a better future. Today, friends, I want to show you how you can find hope like no other. I want to show you that There's a hope that is far better than anything you've ever seen. This is a hope that will not let you down, a hope that is certain. Are you ready? Well, let's go. This is our first point, the importance of hope. I think we've already seen how hope is so important when it comes to tough times, but I don't know if you realize that hope is just a fundamental part of the human life. Hope is necessary at all times, even in the good times. Uh, Kristen Weir, writing for the American Psychological Association, says this, Hope is actually associated with many positive outcomes, including greater happiness, better academic achievement, and even lowered risk of death. It's a necessary ingredient for getting through tough times, of course, but also for meeting everyday goals. Everyone benefits from having hope. Hope is an amazing thing. Hope is a strong predictor of positive emotions. Hope alone won't make you happy, but it's a vital ingredient. Um, ever heard of people's will to live? You know, people's will to live? Um, well, hope actually changes the mortality rates of sick patients with more hopeful patients having better survival rates. Did you know that? Hope actually helps productivity too. Listen up, guys. Productivity, if you're into productivity. A hopeful person does one day a week more work than a less hopeful person in a seven-day work week. They're one day more productive. This tells us something, I think. All these 
things, these observations. Um, we were made to hope. We were made to hope. Hope is a part of who we are. It's a part of who we were made to be. If we want to flourish as humans, we need hope. We need hope. I'm not sure if you realize how important it is. But what I'm talking about is more than just positive thinking. Who here is an optimist? Hands up if you're an optimist. Hands up if you're an optimist. Don't be shy. There's not that many here. Or point to the person next to you if you think they're an optimist. Are they optimists? So I don't, know, I don't know what you see when you see this glass, whether it's half full or half empty. All right, children, settle down. It's okay. Bring it back together. Yeah. Optimism, optimism's great, right? Optimism's great, but psychologists actually make a distinction between optimism and hope, although both are closely linked. You know what that is? Well, optimism's a general mindset, you know, that things will get better. It's, it's, it's that thing that... Optimism is like when you get sick and then you say to some, when someone gets sick and you say to them, don't worry, things will be better, right? It's just this general mindset. But hope is different. Hope has a reason. Hope has a goal. Hope says you'll be okay. Why? Because tomorrow you're getting that operation that will heal you. Yeah? Hope has a reason. The bottom line is this. If we have hope in our lives, our lives will be better. If we have hope in our lives, our lives will be better. Christians or not, whether you're not a Christian today, that doesn't matter. We should all agree here. Hope is fundamental to the human life. But here's the question. What if we're hoping in the wrong thing? What if we're hoping in the wrong thing? And at this point, I want to point out a problem here. Hope disappoints. Hope disappoints. Who here has ever been disappointed that something didn't go the way that they hoped for? Hands up, yeah? Unfortunately, that's the reality of life, isn't it? It could be as small as that holiday that you're planning for that didn't go as planned. Um, it could be the hope to have a happy, peaceful family. Uh, we long, maybe, the longing to have someone in our lives that truly loves us. We hope for these things, good things, but so often, we are disappointed. Why? Well, I'll give you two reasons. Here's the first one. Number one is that people will let you down. Um, the other day, my seven-year-old son, Nathan, was walking through the kitchen, and he, said, he just said this out, li- out loud. He said, when I promise something, I always keep my promises. <laughs> now, I don't know what you think about that statement, right? Yeah, you might be a bit skeptical about that statement. I think we all are. I later found out he was just quoting a line from the movie Tangled, but that's okay. <laughs> my, point, my, my point remains. The point is, you can't rely on people. When I said that thing, you, you, knew, you knew Nathan would be able to keep that, even if he wanted to. You can't rely on people. None of us can keep that promise. No one can ever say that they'll never break a promise, that they'll always do the right thing, that they're always reliable. No one is perfect. Yes, I'm talking about you. No one. Yet so often, think about this, we pin our hopes on other people. We put our hopes on other people, don't we? We hope our friends can support us. We hope our husbands will cherish us. We hope our wives will respect us. We hope our kids will listen to us. We hope our parents will protect us. And we expect people 
to fill our hopes, to fulfill our hopes. Now, firstly, we need to understand something here. That's a huge burden for anyone to carry. I'm not sure that's fair to pin your hopes on one other person. That one person has to carry the burden of being the one that saves you, of being your hope, of being the one that bears all that pressure, your source of happiness. But secondly, we need to see that this is a wrong way to think because people are not perfect. People are not perfect. Here's the truth. People will let you down. And you will disappoint other people as well. Tell me this isn't true. This is just who we are as humans who are sinful, who are not perfect. The Bible says the reason for this is that inherently we have a heart problem, all of us as humans, that we don't naturally tend towards helping others, but really we're just on about ourselves. That's what we really care about. If you're honest with yourself, if you really look at your heart, no matter how nice a person you are, you know that you're always fighting this, that you're always fighting those selfish thoughts, no matter how nice you look on the outside. Some people call it survival of the fittest. That's what science calls it. Look out for yourself, survive. Uh, The Bible calls it sin. It's a heart problem. And because of sin, we cannot put our ultimate hope on others. We can't put our hope on other people. There will be times where... Your boss will get rid of you when you thought that they were going to keep you. There will be times that your friends won't do what you expect. There will be times your family will break your trust. Human hope, it disappoints because people will let you down because people are not perfect. But there's another reason that human hope disappoints, and that is everything is temporary. The reality of being a human in this world of being part of this world, is that nothing lasts. Nothing lasts. We put our hope in money. We all know how quickly that disappears. We put our hope in our jobs. COVID has shown us that that is here and gone. We put our hopes in owning a house. This is the Australian dream. Think about it, right? We all want that nice house, but that house crumbles. That house breaks. That house gets swept away by a flood. Our hopes might be temporarily realized in these things. Just for a little bit, we might find that happiness. We might find that satisfaction. But it is very, very temporary, only for a little while, because everything in this earth is temporary. And nowhere is this more true than when it comes to people. What deep heartache we feel when we lose the people that are closest to us. Isn't that true? The people that are no longer with us. What pain we feel over the past year, In this church, we've seen more than any other years um, across our extended church family, people losing loved ones, people losing wives, fathers, mothers, friends. I've, I've seen people weeping. I've sat with them as they've cried, and they've been in grief at this. The tears of those that have had their hope taken away from them, their loved ones. And it's nothing less than a tragedy. We can't call it anything less than a tragedy. Human hope disappoints because nothing in this world lasts, even us. And all of this should make us pause and think. Surely, this can't be all there is. Surely, there must be something better than this, right? Surely, this is not the way things should be. If hoping is part of being human, there must be something more than this stuff that just will keep disappointing us. 
And friends, you're absolutely right. And that's why we're here today. And we're going to look at some hope, a hope that never fails. In the passage we heard earlier, what did we see? Uh, we also heard it from Ben's kids talk before. We saw um, the story of a group of women going to the tomb of Jesus Christ. He'd just been laid in the tomb. Uh, a few days earlier, he had been brutally executed, killed, nailed to a cross. Can you, I, was, I was thinking about this the other day as I was reading, this, reading the Bible. Can you imagine walking down your street and seeing a man nailed to two planks of wood just in the middle of the street and people walking by and spitting on him and, you know, teasing him? How horrific would that be? That's what, this is what happened to Jesus. He died the death of a criminal, crucifixion, reserved for the worst of the worst. Just a few days earlier, that was his fate. And they had taken him down. They had put his body into a tomb, which is like this cut into a rock. And the, the women, they've come to, um, they brought burial spices to help embalm his body, as was the tradition. But when they reach the tomb, something is off. What happens? Well, the, the stone blocking the tomb entrance is rolled away. They're wondering what's going on. So they, they walk into the tomb, they, they look inside and they can't see Jesus' body. What's going on? It's gone. And all of a sudden, two angels appear and they say these words that changes everything. Luke 24, verse 5 to 6. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And here it is, here it is. This moment in history changes everything. Think about what's happening here. Jesus has raised from the dead. Let me say that again. Jesus has raised from the dead. We're talking about a man who has come back to life after dying. This means that something new is here. This means that there's a new hope. This empty tomb, it changes everything. Friends, because the tomb is empty, our hope is not. Because the tomb is empty, our hope is not. Why? Why is this so important? Because the resurrection declares something. The resurrection tells us that finally we have a hope that we can rely on. Finally, we have a hope that will not disappoint, that we have a hope that will not let us down. The resurrection is, means that there is someone that you can put your hope in, and not only that, someone that you should put your hope in. Because in the resurrection, we see two things. Firstly, Jesus is perfect. We talk about how humans, no human is. Well, let me correct that. Jesus is perfect. When Jesus died on the cross, um, there would have been many people at that time thinking something. They would have been saying, maybe Jesus wasn't the guy we thought he would be. You know, the, everyone back then, they were waiting for someone to come as the saviour, the king, to free them, to liberate them, uh, to save them. Uh, they thought there would be a perfect messiah. You might have heard that word in the Bible before that came. But then this guy was nailed to a cross and he died the death of a criminal. And I'm sure many people were thinking at that time, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe this guy wasn't perfect after all. Maybe this guy was just like a common criminal. And I don't know if you thought about this, guys, but if, if Jesus had stayed dead, it would have shown us that he was a sinner, that he was just like any other person. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And his resurrection declares something. It declares Jesus is not guilty. 
It declares that this is his vindication. It shows us that Jesus is the perfect one, the righteous one, the one without sin. He is perfect. It shows us this. It shows us he didn't deserve that punishment. When he died on that cross, when he died a sinner's death, and he died in our place, he didn't deserve that. But he was doing that for us. That's what the resurrection reminds us of. The resurrection declares that Jesus is not guilty. It says that he is perfect. Why is that important? Well, it means we have a perfect saviour. It means we have a saviour who's perfectly good, a saviour who's perfectly just, a saviour who's perfectly righteous. Jesus is someone who will not make mistakes. Jesus does not have a selfish agenda pushing everything he does. Jesus does not do things with a hidden agenda, you know. He doesn't do things selfishly. He loves you perfectly. He loves you so much that he died on the cross. This is the sort of person that you'd want to put your hope in, isn't it? Someone that you can actually rely on. Someone who will not disappoint because they always will do what is right and good. That's the first thing the resurrection declares. Secondly, the resurrection declares this, that Jesus is eternal. When Jesus rose from the dead, it tells us something, that he defeated death. Um, Let me tell you a statistic that no one can deny. 100% of people in this room will die. Death is the one thing that we cannot beat. It doesn't matter how... I don't care how many F45 classes you go to, you are not going to beat death. No one can beat death. Except for Jesus. One man can, and one man has. Jesus rose from the grave, and when he did that, you know what he was saying? He's saying, death has no power over me. He crushed death under his foot. He's saying that death is no more. It means that he rises, not to die again, but to live forever. He is eternal. It's hard for us to comprehend that. But this is so important. This is so important. It means that he will never let you down. You don't have to worry about him getting sick and old and dying. You don't have to worry about Jesus not being around later on. And think about it. This is so important for hope. This is so important for hope. What point is hope if the thing that you're hoping in, uh, you're not even sure if they'll be around in the future, that person that you're hoping in, you know? What assurance is there if, you know, the person you're hoping in could be there or maybe isn't? A few years back, um, I was getting some new security screens for my house, uh, trying, you know, those CrimSafe sort of thingies. Um, and there's like a million companies out there. I don't know if you guys know this. And I looked at these companies, and there was a whole bunch of them, and they all offer these amazing warranties. They're like, you know, 20, 30-year warranties. 50. But then I went and looked at these companies, and, you know, zero Google reviews, bad sign. You know, you guys know that, right? Um, established maybe one year ago, something like that. Um, so I, I went with a more established company after that because I thought to myself, what point is there of a 20, 30-year guarantee if this company is going to fold in a year's time, right? I'm sure you guys will, that, that's why we buy established brand name stuff, right? A guarantee is only as good as the person that's giving you that guarantee. Here's the thing. With Jesus, he gives you a guarantee that will last. He's going to be there, friends. He's not going to disappear, right? When Jesus promises that you will have eternal life, it means he will be there to give it to you in the end. Do you realize that? He's not going to abandon you. 
He, he won't leave you out in the cold. Jesus is eternal. He will be there forever. So it means this. If you're one of his people, it means you don't have to worry about going to heaven and at the end, Jesus not being there to speak on your behalf. You, you don't have to worry about standing before God and then you're just left by yourself to argue the merits of how good you are and whether you should be there or not. Jesus will be there. And you know what he'll say? He'll say, this one's with me. This one's with me. And that is true no matter what you've done. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad it is, or maybe what you haven't done, maybe what you've neglected to do. If, you are, if you're with Jesus, you, know, you have a hope that is secure. And what is the hope that he promises? It's this, is that we can come home. We can come home. Back to God, back to our loving Father, back to who we were meant to be. This is what we were made for, to be in relationship with God. And back to our heavenly home where, get this, there is no more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, no more death, no no, no more guilt, no more shame, no, no more sickness, no, no more death. Friends, this is, what, this is what the future is. This is what the hope is for the future. Wouldn't you love to see that? Well, this is a hope you can have. And this hope is 100%, absolutely, without a doubt, rock solid. I said before that hope is this, the possibility of a better future. Well, Christian hope is this. It's the certainty of a better future. Because Jesus guarantees it. This is the good news of Easter. This is what Jesus' death and resurrection secures for us. But it's up to you to respond. And let me just finish with this part of the scriptures. Luke 24, verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. When the women went to the tomb, they came back and told the apostles, Jesus' closest friends. These are Jesus' closest friends. Um, and they said to him, guys, guess what? Jesus is risen. He's not here. Um, the apostles turned to these women. They said, you are talking crazy talk. We do not believe you. That's rubbish. I mean, and it makes sense, right? Who, who's going to rise from the dead, you know? What's going on? And they said that to them, and they completely denied this truth. But there was one apostle, did you notice? One follower of Jesus, Peter. What did he do? He got up. He ran to the tomb, and he looked inside for himself. And friends, here's the choice that we all have today. Yeah. You can be like the other apostles you can sit there and go, this logically, and it's true, logically, this does not make sense that Jesus rose from the dead. This cannot happen. And you can sit there and go, this is nonsense, absolute nonsense. And that's up to you, all right? But I'll challenge you to be like Peter. I'll challenge you to come and see. You know, most Australians haven't seriously engaged with the question of whether Jesus actually rose from the dead. They haven't sat down and really thought about it. I think if you're here today and you don't yet know Jesus, you owe it to yourself to have a look, right? To really see for yourself. Because if this is true, it changes everything. Everything. Here at CPE, we'd love to help you investigate. We'd love to help you. And we'll let you know how to do that a little bit later today. Friends, come and see Jesus. Because he doesn't just bring the possibility of a better future. 
he brings the certainty of a better future. Because the tomb is empty, our hope is not. Because the tomb is empty, our hope is not. Will you come and see? Let me pray. Father God, we ask that you would help us to open our eyes to really look at Jesus and to see who he is. That he is the one that is perfect. That he is the one that is eternal. He's the one that's completely good. The one that loves us and the one who offers a hope that will never, ever, ever, ever fail. Father, help us to grasp this and help us to live our lives in light of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.